0: Alright, right, right, I'm back, I'm back. I I said I may not do this week, but you and I both knew that I was going to do this week. Hello and welcome to Kiwi Writer Podcast. My name's Ray Heron, great to have you along. If this is the first episode of ours you have listened to, we invite you to check out the entire back catalogue. We've been releasing episodes every single week for five years now, as it was brought to my attention a, a wee while ago. Uh, And joining me this week for our final episode of the year, the man who is here to start it all with me, Matthew Day-Gillett. Hello. Hey, man. I was so confused at the beginning of that ramble (laughs) when you started talking to yourself. (laughs) Uh, Go back and listen to last week's episode is all I can say. (laughs) Um, Hey, man. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been uh, a big year, but man, we're sitting here... Thinking, oh we well, we'll have a have a wrap up of the year that was, and can't think of a single thing. I think everyone's just a bit brain dead after what's been a frantic year.
1: I know, right? Like we were, what, as we sit, like just around a week out from Christmas, and sort of just very ready to switch off. Absolutely. See you in twenty twenty four. Apparently, I'm going to be thirty five
0: next year. Thirty five. Right. I'm, I'm going to be officially mid-30s. Old bastard. You know, 40's just around the corner now. I know, it's quite distressing. I might be, soon I'll be, like, ageing out of motorcycles. I forget that you're younger than me, though, because I'm thirty 37, 38 next year. <laughs> yeah, you you can speak. <laughs> See, when I was a young old fella, bugger. my old man turned 40, and I was like, oh, that's old jeepers. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's all downhill from thirty, isn't it? But it doesn't stop you having fun on two wheels and we have had some fun this year. So, Matt, this week we're gonna uh we're gonna wrap up the year that was, and we're gonna start with the events that you and I did, and to be honest, we only rode once together this year. Did we even do that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, we we got a good 24 hours in, uh, we are caught on a couple of beautiful uh, Italian slash Chinese machines, the motomarini Siamizo 6.5 and the motomarini X-Cape for the Matariki mission.
1: I had completely forgotten we did that. That says a lot for where my brain is right now, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> and that was a brilliant, fun ride. Um, and considering it was the middle of winter, it was actually dry most of the way. Yeah, honestly, I think of of the rides I've done in New Zealand this year, that was probably the best ride I've
0: done. Just out there, just saying it, like, I yeah, really, like, really enjoyed that now that I remember what we did. No, it was a really good ride, and we uh, lucked out with the accommodation in, uh, in New Plymouth. Oh, well. that buffet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm still working those KGs off. Um, oh, yeah. So that was the only time you and I got to ride together. I, to be honest, haven't done much in the way of organised rides or even weekend warring. I've done a couple of trips through the Akitarawas, um one right at the start of spring. Uh, and other than that you know I've tested out the new suspension I haven't done anything you know when you, you talk about doing rides for work or rides for content and then there's got to be a certain amount of rides for you yeah. I, I feel like I haven't done any of that this year
1: yeah that was a bit me as well um like just the times I've done a few good rides um but each time I did a good off-road ride on the Rally, on Rosie the Rally, I came out of it with a horrific sickness. So in what was it, end of March, went for a great ride through the puriroa forest with Doug, uh, getting muddy, getting stuck. It was great. Um, and then, yeah, I came out of that and um, a few weeks later I was diagnosed with pneumonia and was basically completely wiped out for the entire month of April. Um, then did one hard, one hard day um, at Raglan, um, beginning of, what was it? Beginning of October. And, um, yeah, came out of that with COVID. <laughs> Wow. So, uh, I've not had much luck with that, that bike, riding that
0: bike in fun places this year. A couple of months ago, I managed to get the Tenere 700 out to Rotorua for the GS Rally 2023, which was a, a blooming good ride. I didn't actually end up doing the ride, though. I, I ended up taking a lot of shortcuts and, you know, uh, shooting ahead of the pack and putting the drone up or standing around with the camera and just getting some, some brilliant content. Don't get me wrong there. So if you want to see that video, it's up at YouTube, search up. Maru NZ, but um, it was you know it was a, a reasonably stressful go 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 twenty four hours of that event. Uh, oh
1: yeah, it was it was work. It wasn't. Um, you went there to enjoy the
0: event. You were there to work and. Uh, Pay off your entry fee. (laughs) Yeah, pay off the uh, the brilliant feed that we had, and of course you got to go overseas, which you know I'm still incredibly jealous about. I don't know how you swing these these international launches, but you got (laughs) to ride the brand new Himalayan in the Himalayas.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I was talking about that with my my dad and my cousin uh, just today, like sort of going, "Holy shit, I did that." Um, they're both planning on going over to ride the Himalayas next year now, which is um, quite cool. But oh man, like what a trip it was! Just it was a lot of flying to get there. Don't get me wrong, um, but once you get there, once you're out of the um, busy cities, you're in the sort of um, rural areas of India in the highlands. Oh, it's just stunning. And we were cruising around at about 10,500 feet and there's towering mountains the size of Mount Cook next to us um, and you're just cruising along on a country road <laughs> that was that was incredible that's definitely going to be a bike to watch in 2024 the Himalayan pricing will be announced by the time this podcast goes live um, so make sure you check out how much that bike is um, check out the review I've got one on, on throttle there's one in the most recent edition
0: of Kiwi Rider um as well go, as, to, oh. go to YouTube, search out on Throttle and just watch the five or six videos that Matt's got up. I've watched every single one of them and they're all absolutely brilliant. You've you've done a good job of covering pretty much everything that you did there. Um oh, and thanks, I, man. I, I really uh I I struggle to watch them because I get so jealous. And I'm like, I wanna freaking do that. But <laughs> also I'm like, wow, that's that's cool. Yeah, oh totally, man. Like it was pretty
1: Epic, and I was so lucky to be there. Just I was pinching myself and just being just saying constantly, like, I'm so thankful to be here because it was
0: a dream come true. Um, you're exactly right. That new Himalayan hasn't been priced for the New Zealand market yet. Uh, but having ridden it, do you have you have you got any like any guesses, any insight, any um, so we've got a betting pool going on, and out of all the journalists who went along to that
1: launch, um, Urban Moto Imports, the distributor, sort of asked us all to guess, and apparently there's a prize pack for whoever comes closest to what the actual recommended retail price is. Um, but it's a lot of, like, it's completely ground-up new bike. So I'm thinking it's going to definitely be priced a significant chunk over what the current Himalayan 411 is. Um, and by that, I mean, like, a couple of grand more. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be priced... Around $9,990. That's might been my guess um for the New Zealand price. Um they could be com- like completely surprise us, like those um new Triumph four hundreds
0: and like price them like even more affordably. But Yeah, it's definitely grand. That's a pretty sharp price for what appears to be a very capable little bike. Oh, heck yeah! It's a very it's it's as I said to you on the group chat the other day. It's not unattractive.
1: No, it's I think it looks a lot better actually. Now I've seen it in person. Sort of when I first saw it, I was like, oh, not too sure how I feel about that. Like there's more softer lines, um, and the sort of more broad shoulders that it has compared to the original Himalayan, but the more I think back to it and the New Zealand model. So in all the media you see of the bike from the launch, it's the Indian spec bike, which has a number plate underneath the headlights. So our bikes, the headlights actually gonna sit about a full inch, inch and a half lower close to that front mud guard. And it, it's a staunch looking little bike, but you've also got the rally pack. So it comes with new cowlings for the back, um, raised handle bar, uh, new exhaust silencer which is like a loud exhaust or rally seat they've really done their homework on that bike and it's I think it's going to pay off well for them like there's currently nothing else currently on the market that will do what that bike does and what that bike offers so the say the current bike with a 21 inch front wheel single cylinder engine uh, would be the CRF 300 rally um, and the rally's down about ten horsepower or so um, on the Himalayan. The Himalayan's got a TFT dash with built-in Google Maps. Um, it's got what is it ABS switchable. That's the same. It's yeah. It's going to be really really interesting. Oh, on the Himalayan, you don't you're not going to have to immediately get the suspension sorted if you actually know how to ride off road. Um, so yeah, I think Honda's going to be in for a mighty shock when that arrives. <laughs> to be honest, but we'll see what the pricing is because that, um, that
0: really will put the nail in the coffin either way on how that bike's going to be received. Other things we've done this year, well, I've done this year, I managed to get to the South Island twice on the Tenere 700. Uh, yes, yeah, right- you're jealous of me going to the Himalayas. I'm jealous of you going
1: to the South Island because <laughs> it is quite a long haul and very hard to justify Um for me, <laughs> my position up here in Cambridge.
0: I managed to do uh, a lap of Molesworth and Rainbow with Todd um, before he left to Australia. And then in February, I had to go down to Invercargill for work. So I rode the T7 all the way down State Highway 1 to Invercargill in 24 hours. And then took 48 hours to come back up via as much gravel as I can. And I think... Yes, me. I think I managed to squeeze in some of the best riding, definitely the best riding the South Island has to offer, some of the best riding New Zealand has to offer with Old Dunstan Road, which is absolutely magical. Um, I did Dansey's Pass, which was a cracker, and Hecaterramia was cool to say I've done, and it's but it's not much different to, say, Molesworth. In fact, Molesworth is probably more challenging, but some absolutely stellar country. And then Molesworth's like,
1: not challenging in the slightest. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so
0: it's a nice place to cruise through and enjoy the scenery is what yes, you're saying. Yes, big wide open straits and a few uh, what would be river crossings if it was a wet time of year, but yeah, pretty much just a, a big wide open ride, which was quite cool. And then, of course, I got the T7 back to the back to the North Island and then uh, did a complete uh, suspension refresh on it, which was uh, an experience, to say the least. Nice. Um, you took Rosie <laughs> the Rally to one hard day after last year, knowing that it was going to be exactly that, what it says on the box, one hard day. It turned out to be a harder day. Yeah, that was
1: just shockingly hard. Um, And that probably put the nail in the coffin for me as into terms of, um, am I really enjoying this adventure riding thing? (laughs) Um, So I did it with Doug. He was on 690. I was on Rosie. Uh, We met up with Andrew who I did one hard day with last year. Um, He was on his 300L. Um, And yeah, it was, I hadn't ridden my, my bike fitness was nowhere near where it should have been, which also big problem when you're doing a ride like that. And, yeah, we just we attacked it. We did what we could, but a lot of that ride we just couldn't get through. Um, and yeah, my skill level just wasn't wasn't up for completing that ride. Um, and man, that clay, that Raglan clay, is going to give me nightmares for the rest of my motorcycling life. Like it was hard. Like you're riding along, and I got brand new Metzler three sixties uh, MC three sixties from Forbes and Davies, and i um, got a brand new set of those huge knobs on the things and when that is getting clogged up and you're not able to go fast enough to clear them you know you're in hard country um, yeah that was a rough ride and then yeah two days later I uh, tested positive for COVID so that probably didn't help either.
0: Of course, most of the country has been battered with some absolutely atrocious weather for the last, well, I want to say like 14 months, like over a year, we've had some pretty gnarly stuff and a lot of the country has been recovering from that. Um, I know in the North Island, we didn't have a summer last year, although the South Island did, funnily enough. Yeah. Oh, it was,
1: yeah, what went for a summer, like I think we had, we had a couple of nice days um, in January and then it just turned to pot and just did not stop. Yeah. so it was, yeah, it was good to come, good to go around. Um, I've just got back from a quick ticky tour down over to Rotorua and back this weekend. And there's been some beautiful sunshine. It's looking positive for the summer, though I don't really want to hold my breath because it was like this a bit this time last year um, up here. And um, yeah, we all know how that went in January. <laughs> so I think the word positive is a trigger word for a lot of people at the moment. Mm, it is, I think. Um, um that's a thing to actually bring up. So what is it? Today we're recording it's the seventeenth of December. In three days the Coromandel Loop is officially going to be back because they're gonna have fixed all the damage from um last year that um State Highway twenty five A suffered that massive slip that built a bridge. Um they've fixed a whole lot of state highway twenty-five A while they've had the whole road closed. Um I'm really tempted if I didn't have a whole lot of work on my plate, I'd be jumping on the X-Cape and trying to be
0: one of the first motorbikes across that because that's going to be so great to have back for the summer. I finish work on Wednesday this week for the year and the in-laws arrive on Saturday. I wonder if I could sneak in a couple of days to do the Coro loop. Do it, do it, do it. Do it. All right, we'll, plant, we'll put a pin <laughs> in that, and we'll come back to it. Um, bikes. New bikes released this year. Actually, while we're on the topic of roads, the, um, the Forgotten World Highway that we did, I believe, is now fully tar-sealed. Oh, wow. It was about Jeez, four weeks after we did it. It was, was going to be closed for a week and then uh, that was it when they were when they were when it was open it was going to be fully sealed i haven't done it and i haven't researched it i might be completely wrong on that but that's what i understand that it's fully sealed maybe a listener can let us know in the comments or on social media wow um new bikes that got released this year and i think we're talking about bikes that we're actually going to see soon or have seen already Uh, Because, you know, we did the ICME episode where there was a million bikes released and we don't actually know if we're going to see any of them. Um, (laughs) But of course, that new Himalayan that's going to hit our shores early January, February, I believe. Yes, sometime in January.
1: um, Date, official date uh, of landing will probably be confirmed along with the pricing in the coming week, which will be exciting. Um, those new Triumph Four Hundreds, the Speed Four Hundred, and the Scrambler Four Hundred X.
0: Yeah, they're singles, uh, aren't they?
1: Yeah, so four hundred, uh, yeah, four hundred cc singles, forty horsepower apiece, or well, just shy of. Um, cool classic Triumph styling and killer pricing. Like I think one's under. I think the Speed Four Hundreds eight grand, and the Scrambler's nine grand. Um, they've got uh, not TFTs they've got traction control uh, switchable ABS on Scrambler Um, yeah and they come in those beautiful Triumph colours so that's going to be really interesting to see Triumph have affordable bikes for the first time in God knows how long like they're a premium brand and now they're going to finally have that foothold in the lambs market where people that want to aspire to like a Bonneville 900 or a um, Speed Twin or one of those nicer premium Triumph products that have just not been able to attain. You can get your foot in the door uh, and join that family. So that's going to be interesting. Hopefully Triumph does a better job of it than BMW um, with their G310 and G310GS because um, they sort of appear, they made them and then they've completely forgotten that they exist.
0: Mm. So. Um, it's kind of been a bit of big year for Triumph because uh, not only did we see a refreshed Tiger 900, but we were also seeing and getting our first look at their dirt bikes. Yeah,
1: of course. Those are coming next year as well. Uh, what are they calling it? The T- TF250X, I think. Um, I could probably look it up. In a PDF Do you of them. think?
0: Um, do you think a first generation dirt bike from a brand, essentially a brand new manufacturer? Yeah, they know how to build bikes, but do they know how to build dirt bikes? There's, there's going to be some trepidation in the market from that perspective. A brand new motorcycle from a brand new entry into the into the dirt market.
1: I think they're planning to sort of let the racing do the talking. Um, like they've had Ricky Carmichael, who's like the goat, the G O A T. Uh, he's been sort of one of the project leads there. He's been a test rider. They've got some guys from America that are in on like the racing teams and they've all been on development, development. Um, so yeah, I think the racing they're going to, I think it's debuting next year in AMA racing or something, or they're going to debut debut them coming out of the door firing. And um, yeah, I think it's a watch the space really. Like I don't know enough about dirt bikes personally to, really have an informed opinion on the matter um i think um pricing as well like we don't know what they're going to be priced in new zealand um i've seen on the triumph australia website like some like very vastly different pricing to what the uk's is so um yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see when the the pricing on that's released and when they when
0: we find out when they're coming to new Zealand um i'm kind of cause excited about it because i'm i'm actually i'm going to be in the market for a dirt bike in 2024 Ooh, got money burning a hole in your pocket oh i just think it's going to be something that that, that, that that has to be done um <laughs> you know i i may it's five years next year oh, four years next year since i bought the t7 and the justification for that was one bike to rule them all we've we've tested that theory it's 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 true to an extent but you know uh, <laughs> until you're picking it up out of the hummus at uh Burn Buster. <laughs> well, you know, you need the right conditions for, for, for to ride something that big in those kind of um in that sort of terrain. Where if you have uh if you have a full blown light 100 kg dirt bike, you know, you, you can do yeah. so much more. Well,
1: so, from what I understand, Triumph's doing the motocross bikes first and then down the line, they're going to be doing an enduro or a cross country and sort of they're going to be- spread their wings and sort of try and take it straight to the other manufacturers that don't just dabble in motocross. So if you've got a dirt bike, you've got to have the enduro, you've got to have the cross country, you've got to have the motocross, you got to have a super crosser. Um, so it'll be really interesting. Plus they've only done the 250 so far. Apparently there's a 450 in the works um, because you can't just do a small capacity four stroke. You've got to do the MX1 class bike as well. Um, it's quite exciting. It's going to be interesting to sort of see, Sort of look back on this time and sort of go, oh, like, were we
0: right in our assumptions? Like, yeah, it's hard to sort of uh, grasp. Another manufacturer who kind of hit us with a blind sight um, was Suzuki and their new parallel twin engines and I think I think technically this was announced last year but we saw the first ones this year and they're on the streets now I believe and
1: Yeah, Ben loved riding that um, GSX-8S like he was t- talking to me and he was telling me that um, it's basically like has the makings of another cult hit so like you know this SV650 it's a cult bike people love the SVs they're so versatile they're fun and he reckons the 8S is similar Um, And now they've got the 8R coming, which just looks so much better. (laughs) Like the full fairing bike, as always, they look a lot better than a naked most nine times out of ten. And I think Suzuki's hit
0: the ball out of park with that one. Mm. Do you think the um, R7 looks better than the MTO7? Uh, Yes. The current lineup, yes, definitely. Because the
1: whole MT range looks god awful. Yeah. But the the MTO of, 7 I think the, the, the NTO7 had hand. the sweet spot in 2018, that
0: second, yeah, that the first second facelift, gen. the bigger headlight, it looked burly, it looked muscular. And, and it then, had the eyebrow. It was, a, it was an angry headlight than a full dopey mono headlight. Yeah, and then they went LED and like... Ruined it.
1: Weird. Even the yeah. R1 doesn't look that good. Yeah, I can't say I spent a lot of time looking at the R1, to be honest, because it's just such a... It's a bike that has very little purpose off a racetrack. And to me, bikes that like are so focused just have so little interest for me. Like you can't take an R1 or a Fireblade um, or a R 1000 for that matter. You can't really enjoy them and open
0: them up on public roads. I, w- um, I would still rock a, a 2008 R1. <laughs> a big boy bike. Yeah. I've- no ABS, no traction control. I feel like it needs to happen. I really do. But then I'll, I'll ride it and I'll complain about the fuel economy or some bollocks like oh, that. Oh, you'll lose your licence and then you complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as we established, I'm 37 now. I'm old and respectable. <laughs> More like old and unhinged. What is it the Ulysses
1: Club go by? Grow old disgracefully? <laughs> um, you could join Ulysses now from what I remember. You oh, could be a member. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to speak ill of the
0: dead, but jeepers. <laughs> um so yeah that's that well that's pretty much us man i mean that's that's a lot of stuff we got through in a year uh yeah, we had don't forget the
1: um motor v100 that uh, i got i got to ride that at the launch um and there is a press bike currently which i was hoping to try and make happen before the end of the year but um just haven't had the time to go riding, but that, that was a really cool bike, and now Guzzi have an adventure bike with the same engine, which will be pretty interesting to see, and that'll be coming next year.
0: If we're talking about um, the ones that got away, I was meant to be riding a um, Super Soko. Ah, the little electric... Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but that, I mean, I got, I, I had conversations with the distributor that was on its way apparently, and I just never heard anything more about it. But I was going to be doing a, uh, you know, a, a, can you commute on an electric bike, you know, realistically in 2023? It might yep. be a 2024 plan now.
1: Ah, that would be interesting though. Like you've got an actual commute and stuff that you could do. Like my commute's literally from. <laughs> Well, I gotta drop the kids off, so I take people away from the house and then I come back to the house and that's my commute.
0: Um, the other bike that really, really gets my gets me gets me fired up is the Energica Evo Rebelli. Oh. Uh the the, the only reason I don't have one of those is that they are fifty grand. Oh, it's still cheaper than a live wire. And you'd have to self import it. From what I understand, because there's no distributor for New Zealand. Uh, There's an Australian distributor that you can get them through. And there's actually one secondhand uh, by um, New Zero Land. His wife's bike is currently for sale down at Motorrad in Wellington Lower Hutt. Ooh! Um, it's because they they bought two of them. So her one, which is more spec'd out for touring, it's only done a little bit of light track work. Um, is currently for sale, and oh, so tempted. But they want they want the best part of forty grand. So that <laughs> put that money aside for your dirt bike and
1: your second hand R one. Yeah, you could yeah. buy both with that money.
0: <laughs> Actually, something else big happened this year. We got our first look at the uh, GS thirteen hundred. R thirteen hundred GS with that yeah. X X headlight, the, the big departure from the the um, what do they call them? The
1: R twelve fifty and the oh, asymmetrical headlight.
0: Asymmetrical headlight. There you go. That's what I'm- I think. It looks cool, but the price point is a bit hard to swallow. <laughs> I think it looks cool, but the price point is a bit BMW. Well,
1: oh, like they were. Yeah, I don't know, like it's over 40 grand brand new and you, like, it's going to come with all the fruit because that's how BMW Motorrad sells bikes in New Zealand. There's no such thing as a base model bike here. Um, but yeah, like for a bike that is so specced up well to be even better off-road than it's ever been, it's that kind of money. It, you're going to be either someone who's very well off <laughs> or you're going to be someone in about 10 years who's bought one second hand before Like we'll really see them Sort of out there doing it, living that GS
0: life. Mm. Oh, well, that's one to look out for. Maybe we'll get a ride on one of those uh, some stage in the um, in the coming months. Uh, just before we do wrap things up, Matt, let's talk about predictions for twenty twenty four. We we know we've got a fair idea what's coming out of some of the bigger brands from looking at what they've been talking about at Eichma for the last couple of years. I know 2024 is going to see some colour TFT displays on Tenere 700s released in New Zealand. Um, Yes, some of those are actually for sale online if you go on Trade Me.
1: Um, Pre-orders though, yeah? Yeah, but um, over 20 grand, the t T7s
0: cracks the 20 grand mark. Yeah, what was it? It was six sixteen triple nine when I bought mine.
1: Yeah, and they've um, they've just gone up by, again, inflation and more tech,
0: and um, yeah, people want more tech, so you got to pay for it. Actually, speaking of tech, buy, so buy a bike with no tech and then go and look at their latest video at MotoNZ's YouTube channel, the Cheegee. Chigi AIO Five. That is that is a cool piece of tech. You've got front and rear um, cameras. You've got tire pressure monitoring. You've got Apple CarPlay. Uh, I won't dive too much into the specs and details. You can go and watch that video. We might talk about it in the new year, but that's a cool piece of kit. Mm. A lot of money, but it's a cool piece of <laughs> kit. Um. Other other predictions. Um, I predict a new motorcycle will be joining your fleet. <laughs> yes, well, I have
1: just sold Rosie the Rally um, after a month on the market, so that will be going to a new home
0: very soon.
1: Rosie um, the Rally,
0: the Xpress CRF250L Rally, has been sold.
1: Yeah, after five years of... Uh, Careful, one abuse. one lady owner ownership. Um, never been dropped. <laughs> no, goes it's going hard. To, goes mean as bro. Goes mean as bro. Does mean skizz wheelies for days. Uh, now nah, it's going to a good home, who uh, is fully appreciative of uh, the history this bike has had. Um, had a few people come and have a look at it. Um, there's also going to be a wrap up five years with the rally in the next Kiwi Rider magazine. Uh, the last one of the year. So um, yeah, Ben got me to pen that when he heard that I put it on the market. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a fun ride. But um, yeah, we'll see what the future has as to what I replace Rosie the Rally with. Um, i got a bit of saving to do, I think. Um, yeah, you always hope you're going to sell a bike for more than you actually, the market's
0: willing to pay. <laughs> so... Yeah, we'll see. Watch the space. The Motor Marini CMEzzo has departed. It's no longer in my garage. That's gone to be sold to its, hopefully, uh, forever owner, but it's definitely its new owner. Um, that was a stellowy bike. I really enjoyed riding that. But um, when it came to it, I, I, I had thoughts about keeping it, paying for it, buying it myself. But it just wasn't quite as... as I wasn't as passionate about that as I am the Tenere 700.
1: Yeah, well, also, like, it's it does what the T7 does to quite a large extent. You got, there was quite a lot of crossover there. Like it, it happily did the gravel road riding, um, like quite happily, um, quite fun riding and everything. Um, but yeah, it wasn't as good as touring as we found
0: with, um, trying to tie down your, Um, bag to the back of it trying to tie the luggage onto it was a little bit difficult one thing I did notice though is every time I got back on that bike after not riding it for a couple of weeks it felt nimble and sprightly I think it was the twin 70 inch wheels it just, it it loved to get into a corner
1: Mm. yeah Oh, I'm enjoying the, um, I've still got the X-Cape believe it or not but I believe that uh, in the early new year we'll be going back um, so um, if you see me hitchhiking on State Highway 1, please pick me up and bring me back to Cambridge because um, I don't have any plans. As far as I know, there's nothing uh, I'm swapping it for. So,
0: uh, I will be surprised if there's not another loan or test bike that uh, can be ridden. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's enough There's enough people who know your name and know what you do to, uh, to lend you a bike. Maybe we should do a series, lend me a bike.
1: <laughs> yeah. That could be the way. Get some interesting stuff. People that uh, we're distributors just don't give us bikes. Got a bike? Lend me a bike. We'd like to ride this. Here's our wish list. Do you want to lend us a bike? Lend us a bike.
0: Any other other predictions for 2024 before we uh, bottle this time capsule and dig it up in 12 months time?
1: I think we're going to see a lot of growth in the small capacity market. Um, but I think we, I think we're finally seeing a shift away from the adventure, like the obsession with adventure bikes. Everyone's been chasing the adventure dragon for the last few years, and we're starting to see a bit of a shift. More road-focused bikes coming back out. So um, I think that's something we're definitely going to see a bit more of in 2024. But again, uh, I'm not going to hold my breath because I've been
0: wrong plenty of times. <laughs> mm, I thought I was wrong once. Turns out I was wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you were wrong. That you were wrong. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey! It's been a big year, and now we're waffling. So maybe we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for joining me, Matt. Really, really appreciate your input in the podcast throughout the year. Your news, your um, your journalism skills, and uh, yeah. just being a decent mate. Yeah, thanks, man. We definitely need to go for a
1: ride again. Um, like one ride a year is not really cutting it. Need to find
0: uh, new new adventures. Yeah, maybe we need to do a moto camping mission. Yeah. Go and visit the, the 42T again. Yeah, let's go camping there again. Let's do that. Let's, let's get some a better plan. weather this time, though.
1: The oh, weather was all right. Well, okay, it did rain a bit, but...
0: <laughs> and let's let's make sure I don't have to ride in on a gravel road where I don't know where I'm going in the dark. Oh, you just ride slower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this, we need to get spotlights for the T7 because Doug did it and he loved it <laughs> this has been Kiwi Rider Podcast thank you so much for listening today thank you so much for listening throughout the year go back and listen to the episodes you haven't they're all up and available on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on uh, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review let us know because it helps other people find the show uh, you can check out Matt's website on throttle.co.nz and on YouTube with new videos almost every week on throttle Search. It out, mine, com, new video every week and the video that's coming out this weekend just before Christmas is the fable the one we've been looking for, the one I've been saying I'm going to do for three years, it is Senna versus Cardo, we'll find out which one comes out on top Kiwi Rider Magazine is a free magazine out twice a month, absolutely free for you to read download and enjoy, go to nz. what were you going to say there Matt? Oh I was just excited to see your, uh, your finally coming out and which which is which? Which is best? Mm, mm. So I'm putting the 50s up against the Pack Talk Edge, and it's um, I'm not I'm, I'm putting the blinkers on. Nothing out on the else in the range matters. It's spe- specifically those two units. Their specs. What comes out on top? Mm. Otherwise, what? I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a safe and happy Christmas and a pretty not bad New Year. And we'll catch you in more than seven days time in the new year.